This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors. And today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. What's up, After Buzzers? It's that time again. We're talking season four, episode six of The Magicians, a timeline and place. We're talking all sorts of wibbly wobbly, timey wimey time, time sort of things. So stick around. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz. That was the best of us. Yeah, wibbly wobbly is hard to say. Guys, it's that time again. That's right. See, it's Thursday night. It's our favorite night of the week. It's Wednesday it's night, Wednesday actually. Night. I'm getting this confused <laughs> with the Titan games. It's Wednesday night. It's Nyquil. It's a hell of a... It's all good. <laughs> it's rainy in LA. It's cold. We're confused. We're talking season four, episode six of the, of the Magicians, a timeline and place. My name is Ty Matthews. Joining me, as always, been here since day one. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Ms. Adrian Snow. Hello, everyone. We're tag teaming it tonight, right? y'all. Original nights. Two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're talking the OGs right here. Right. Uh, shout out to Carrie Lane, Samantha Benitez, yes. Joel Monique. All oh of my our, gosh, all the past. All of our, our favorite, absolute. And occurrence, Nate. Of course, of course. Stephanie. Nate will be back. Yes, exactly, exactly. Sadly, yes, as, as, as you mentioned, Stephanie Sabra will not be able to join us the rest of this, uh, for the rest of the season. I am yeah. so, so, so sad. But we are working on some things uh, to fill that position some on the panel surprises. that I'm pretty excited about. So stick around, stay tuned, all that good stuff. Let's talk about this episode. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be talking all these different timelines. We're going to be talking uh, Cameron Mannheim. Yes. Guest star. Uh, we, unexpected guest star, Cameron Mannheim, but the, a welcome surprise. The practice. Uh, yes, I think you're right. I'm pretty sure you're right. The practice. Yeah, there you go. Um, I'm 95% sure on that. Uh, you'll be hitting us with another God of the Week later on I in the will. episode. Very excited. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start out with... Uh, Cameron Manheim's character, Sheila, mm-hmm. uh, and Alice. Yeah. Alice, the, the world book has taken Alice to Modesto. Modesto. Of all places. That's California, eh? It is. Yeah. It is. It's only, I want to say three hours north of here, maybe four hours north of here. Oh, okay. Something like that. Not too far. Not too far. It's a small town. Exactly. It's a farm town. Yeah. Yeah, what yeah, I yeah. Call. Maybe some wine. The, maybe uh, cows. The recurring question that keeps popping up is, what's there to do in Modesto? From what I, I think I just named them. You know? Exactly. It's farm town, some cows, maybe some wine. 
Exactly. Yeah, she's she's taken to to googling it and asking yeah. random gas station hedge witches. Yeah. Right. That guy, I recognized him from something else, and so the moment I saw him, I was like, he's not a regular gas station guy. <laughs> this guy is gonna be making a few appearances. Right. And you know, I, I do love. I, I think they're, they'll probably give him like Alice a love interest in, in maybe that guy. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Maybe, maybe not. I I'm cool with her being alone as well. Exactly, yeah. Of Do course. that life. Sure. You know. <laughs> um, now, I want to talk about kind of what led her to Sheila. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I if I missed something because, like, I'm not going to lie, these last few episodes have been a little bit dense and I've been kind oh, of trying, well, to, trying to keep up. When I mean, she promised Quentin at the end that right. if he didn't want her there, she would just open the book and find the spell that took her to where she needed to be. Right, 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 right. So I guess my question is, I th- I think I thought at first that that just led her to Modesto in general, but did that specifically she lead her specifically to Sheila's house? To Sheila. Got it. She even makes, like, there's that kind of little nice touch of Sheila's mother used to collect uh, glass figurines. Yeah, I loved that moment. Yeah, and that Alice used to, you know, with because of her brother. Of course, tying it all back to season one. Yeah. I like that continuity. Yeah. Um, Not a season one callbacks, right? Penny. Yeah. Oh man, we'll get Don't to you? that. Absolutely, we'll that. I'm I'm excited to talk about that. Um, but as so as the the episode goes on, we find out that Sheila has these sort of powers of her own. Yeah, she can kind of locate things. I thought it was a bit convenient how Alice found that out. <laughs> That's exactly right. There was there was a point where I wrote, uh, oh yeah, a little too convenient, and I spelled convenient wrong. But whatever, ignore that. <laughs> um, the, it. There were some movements in the show, particularly when it came to Alice. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. And Sheila slash Cameron Mannheim. Mm. Who? <laughs> uh, that just felt like okay. Well, how nice that at that moment Alice happens to be spying on her in that moment and decides to follow her in that moment. It just. I, I don't know. They kind of reference that people can feel magic at uh-huh. the end of the episode, and maybe that's what she was feeling. But without that explanation, I was kind of like, mm, it's, it's, it's a tad convenient. Sure, I can see that. So. I can see that mm-hmm. definitely. So, but after after she finds that out, after she kind of discovers the the nature of Sheila's powers, mm-hmm. she kind of you know doesn't want to do it. She doesn't want to teach her the ways at first. She mm-hmm. basically like. Magic is cursed. It, right, exactly. It's almost like knowledge is power, but like in in a bad way, you know? Yeah. Like it's it's too much power. Yeah. Um, but eventually kind of wears her down. She starts teaching her about about these different things. Mm-hmm. Um they end up um 
she ends up telling Sheila about this purification spell. So yes, right? a lot of little uh, political references yeah. this episode with uh, tainted water mm. that the government doesn't care to clean. And then I know we're not there yet, but Penny and Marina definitely had a reference. Uh, people in cages is never not a per- oh, is never not personal. Right, that's right. I was like. Ooh. So Timer. it has begun with the <laughs> political commentary this season. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I, I appreciated that they were they were touching that, and I also you know I appreciated that they made it happening to people that people could see mm. themselves in people who maybe don't think about Flint sure. ever being something that can happen to them, especially as we're we're beginning to realize that. Tainted water is happening, like as a major problem throughout the Midwest. It's right. not just Flint; it's other parts of Michigan, and it's even entering into Illinois. So, it's it's nice to have that commentary because it kind of reminds people, like, hey, this can happen to you and right. to people who look like you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So, Sheila tells water that or water. Sheila tells Alice that yeah. there's that there's lead in the water. Yeah. Um, she teaches her this kind of purification spell, but along the way, now we let's kind of back up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Sheila, once she kind of learned about magic, and once she sort of you know took these lessons from Alice, mm-hmm. got a knock on the door from some local librarians. Yeah, which also a little too convenient. Sure. I mean, if Sheila's had these powers for however many months. Mm-hmm. Why did they just not notice it? I guess what the what I got from that is the fact that like now that she knows more about it and knows more how to kind of harness it, mm-hmm. that's what sort of made them able to feel it, you know? I like guess. because she was only using it to locate random things and to, you know, tithe to the church basically. Mm-hmm. They didn't it wasn't big enough to pop up on the radar. But- they came to her after she donated the money, not before they did the waterproof oh, right? spell. So that's why I was like, that's a little convenient that they come right as Alice is there. And maybe they felt the shift of Alice being there. Sure. Just sometimes I just want like either an explanation for why things are a little too convenient or just take it and make it where like, yeah, I got this pamphlet from these people. Right. Back. But Alice Alice kinda taught her about magic before the purification spell, right? She did, but that's only after, like, the magicians are there, or sorry, the librarians are there the next morning after she finds the money and after Alice confronts her. Oh, okay, okay, And okay. so that's why I was like, well, maybe they feel magic coming off of Alice because she did the one little trick with the coffee, but... Oh, sure. It, it, still, that would that's just too fast. Right, 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 right. I see what you're saying, for mm-hmm. sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think, speaking of convenient, I think it, it may have also been something along those lines when when... Sheila was able to kind of sense that broken pipe. Yeah, you know that. That's a little, yeah. They needed they needed more ambient magic to kind of um, extrapolate the the water purification spell yeah. to kind of clean the whole water supply. Yeah. So they find they find a broken pipe. Yeah. End up breaking it more. Yeah. But that's just I, I get it. But at the same time, it, it's one of those things where. When you have too many convenient things happening in one episode, I know sure. we said convenient a lot. I'll it's, probably say convenient uh, right. even more the rest of the episode. <laughs> All right. And I apologize. And then I start to kind of, you start to kind of lose me. Because sure. if you spread it out over the course of a few episodes, uh, that's, you know, oh, okay, that's more believable. I'm not going to notice it as much. But right. when everything's happening in a certain type of way, 
I, I at least hope they had like some type of explanation for how that all went down, and maybe that ties back to the book bringing Alice there to, in the first place. Sure. So let's let's take that and let's pivot that in a different direction. Rather than talking about the the conveniences of the narrative, let's talk about how wise it would have been for Sheila to to break that pipe in that way. Because yeah. you got to think that Alice would definitely know that that wouldn't go unnoticed by the librarians, right? Yes, but I also think she probably thought it wouldn't tie back to them. And I don't really know. Oh, like they might not necessarily know that it was them? Yeah. I see. I see what you're saying. Or maybe, you know, Alice is kind of safe in terms of as long as nobody talks about Alice, nobody's going to know that Alice is there. I see. So, because she has that cloaking spell on on top of her just like everyone else. Oh, sure. Else does. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I don't know. It, It... there's no way that they could have, you know, not realized that that might have some repercussions. Even mm. if you are helping the the town, which should be helped, and you should have clean water, <laughs> like, right? Period. If you, you know, like, period, everywhere. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, but at the same time, you know, there are going to be repercussions to dealing with a uh, tyrannical regime. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, so, but I mean, the the library kind of gets gets their own bit of inconvenience, I guess. Yes, that same was gas not station headwitch. Some some nice little domestic terrorism, right? I was like, whoa, okay, just blowing crap up. And at first, when they blew up the library, I was I was slightly confused, and I was like, oh, that makes sense. That yes, the librarians would be librarians. And in real life too, right. just in their in their little pocket, right? The, the local Modesto branch, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, right. I always wanted to be a librarian. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. I one of my very uh, one of my very first um, community service like mm-hmm. like I, I don't know jobs gigs or whatever like as like an eighth grader was just stamping books at the library. Oh, yeah. I think I've done that. Had it's... my CD player, headphones on, stamp. stamping books. Yeah, until I realized you have to have a degree to to be a librarian. Yeah, library Can't science. Just go be a librarian. No, right? Yeah, it's that's why I'm an actor. So. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so we we will get back to to the rest of the episode. All that good stuff. We got mm-hmm. a lot to talk about. R. E. Timelines. The Elliot Monster. Blah blah blah. All that stuff. But Sage and Snow. Yes, guys, before we move on to our next topic, we just want to say thank you for making us the ESPN of TV Talk. For us to continue to grow, we could use your help. If you're on YouTube right now, hit that thumbs up button and subscribe. And if you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating. But no matter where you are, leave us a comment so you can get involved in the conversation. Being a part of the AfterBuzz TV has meant so much to all of us. And we truly appreciate you supporting us and doing what we love. Don't forget to tell your friends and keep enjoying our shows. Absolutely. We've been doing this a pretty long time. Yeah. We've been doing this for four or three and a half seasons. If you want to go yeah. back, you can go back on YouTube, check out seasons one, seasons two, seasons three. See how the- we've gotten better with age, right. both in mentality and looks. Exactly, um, exactly. You know, we're just out here doing a thing. You know? We want to be part of the conversation. Find us on social media. Let's all talk about magic. Uh, speaking of which, let's talk about Penny and Marina and their... Their adventures in uh, horomancy. Yes. So they the they're Stoppard. so they're taken by this kid Stoppard, mm-hmm. who want he 
he just wants them to go back to where they came from. Yeah, 23. Wants them to go back to timeline 23 mm-hmm. so that his mom, Sonia. How did he figure out a little too convenient? Sure, How sure, sure. How did he figure out that, that, they were, that they were the anomaly? Right, that's a good point. That they didn't belong where they belong. I mean, I guess he's a horror mancer, so he's probably got that, that, that down a lot. Right, can probably kind of narrow it down to mm-hmm. what exactly is the difference, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, so yeah, so... They, you know, he's he's got them in cages. That's where we get that line. You know, people in cages is never not personal. Yeah, I love that line. It's not um, real talk. But then they they sort of they escape his clutches. They go to this other timeline. Mm-hmm. Which timeline was this? Did we ever find out? We didn't find like, out exactly, exactly which one. What no. timeline it was? I thought they were going to go to twenty three and immediately meet like Quentin, the Quentin oh, version sure. of um, oh my god, I'm blanking. Big bad of season one. Uh, the Beast. The Beast. Oh, the Quentin, Quentin is the Beast. The Beast That's right. Uh, so when they brought them to what they called a um, 1984 slash The Crucible timeline. Sure. And I was like, are you not going to reference that this is kind of like, you know, 1940s, 1930s Germany? Right? Oh, sure. Sure, <laughs> right. Like, that was kind of, yeah, exactly. Because you're hunting a particular group for being different. Like, that sounds like, you know, the Holocaust. Right. Um, Maybe that was too on the nose. Out there. Maybe they didn't want to go that far. <laughs> I totally understand. Mm. You know, you just, you are actively hunting people and making them go into hiding. Yeah. Being different. <laughs> so... It, it, I, I actually really wanted to spend more time in that timeline. Me as too. much as I don't enjoy uh, any type of particular Holocaust storyline sometimes. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, it, I wanted to just see other people or other versions in that timeline to see what was going on with them. Yeah, I, I would have liked to see kind of whatever governing body it was that implemented this sort of, like, force, this yeah. kind of police state. Yeah, and you kind of get the... It, there was, especially with uh, the way that the librarians have taken over uh, the prime timeline, and with the hedge witches result, uh, you know, resulting, resolve, whatever. I can't think of the word. <laughs> uh, deciding to blow up the the libra- library. Sure. You you get the feeling that like, oh, this is kind of like what could be the start of that other timeline if you really think about it if they're if the government were to get a hold of the idea that magicians exist mm-hmm. and they're out in the world and they're now a threat to humanity i could definitely see this timeline curving into that timeline right which is you know i'm just putting that out there it'd be uh, i don't want to see that but i could kind of see a little bit of that yeah but i don't want a full season of that we're yeah <laughs> like, we're, we, we basically end up getting the magician equivalent of like the mutant Man registration and I act castle yeah, or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Or mean registration. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but that was kind of cool to to put those two together when you see like, oh, well, this is kind of how that would start. It's like when you see Handmaid's Tale and they talk about how things start. It starts off really simple. And sure. You don't really see it coming, and then all of a sudden it's there. So, I mean, yeah. Maybe we'll get to play with that timeline a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk a little bit about about Stoppard's mom, Sonia. You know, yeah. she kind of pioneered the whole discipline mm-hmm. of horomancy. It wasn't mm-hmm. even a discipline before, but but she's like rotted her brain exactly. Cinnabar. cinnabar. So a cinnabar with a little dandelion that that Penny twenty three has at the end mm. was that like 
pure cinema? Is that oh, cinema? I didn't, I didn't I, even think about that. I was like, why is he blowing it? And then why is that going to drive Stopper crazy? Mm. Did, did you? I didn't. See, I don't know. Like, I, I don't always trust myself with wrapping my head around everything okay. that happens in the I, show. I watched it twice and I still couldn't figure it exactly. out. Exactly. Yeah, me too. What I thought the implication was is just that strictly just because it was something from a different timeline and that once it oh, kind of rooted itself yes you've got it yeah that's yeah, yeah, it yeah. yeah that yeah that it would basically disrupt her yeah mm. yeah 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 damn that's cold i know man. i know but i mean as we find out she's she's kind of doomed either yeah, way you know she's gonna die in a month either, either way right but maybe she wouldn't have died in a month right if we hadn't blown all the freaking dandelions <laughs> everywhere <laughs> a little bit more time Come yeah on, penny right get the woman two months so but let's talk about penny 23 meeting penny 40 and the sadness of knowing that Penny Forty is done, yeah, and not coming back. Like oh my that God. broke my heart. There was a uh, our Penny exclamation point. He ain't coming back. Frowny face. That's what I wrote. That <laughs> really, really bummed me out. And I think that that's that's yeah. a testament to not only the writing but also the acting. Yeah, um, the fact that Arjun Gupta can like play these different pennies so distinct and from each other. It was great to see them in the same room because then you clearly see, oh, these are actually two different pennies. And the feeling that I had, just like the the actual, you know, cast feels is that, you know, they all want original penny. It's because Arjun's doing such a good job of playing Penny 23 is a completely different version of Penny. Right. So he doesn't feel the same. You know, he doesn't even he doesn't even use the same cadence in his voice. Which no. Is, I always appreciate when actors change the cadence in their voice. It's very hard to do. Mm. Um, consistently. But, you know, just... There's a different vibe to Penny 23, which is a more adult Penny. And I think even last season I was like, I appreciate... That's that an interesting like more point. more an adult, calmer Penny. But at the same time, he's not the penny that I watched for three seasons. Right. And so it's kind of like, oh, I know it's the same actor. I'm just being like a jerk, but... But that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> it's the fact that we still get Arjun in the show. We yeah. still get Penny in the show. Yeah. But the fact that it's not our penny, the fact that it feels like our penny, yeah. you know? Like, I hadn't realized that we hadn't really seen that penny I've been since saying it all died. season. I was like, where's my penny? Right. Did he eat that cupcake? <laughs> Did he forget who he was? Oh, the cupcake, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I didn't realize that it had been a while since I thought about him and where he had been. And the yeah. fact that, you know, no, he's still dead and mm-hmm. he's still serving out that sentence with and the library. he's accepted it and he's okay with it. And, and you know, I feel like that's the part that really broke my heart, yeah. the fact that he's made his peace with it. I think it was that cupcake. When he just straight up said, it's not my timeline anymore. Yeah, he's like, it's not my timeline anymore. Tell Katie I love her. You know, oh. this is, you have to stay. You have to take over for me. And I was like, but Penny Forty. I know. What happened? <laughs> We're not gonna see you in like shirtless vest anymore. <laughs> and have we have we gotten a chance to kind of explore Penny Twenty Three's relationship with Quentin? No, because he. I I feel like. I feel like Penny 23 is infinitely more kind of uh, empathetic than Penny 40 was. Yeah, but I also think Penny 23 wants nothing to do with Quentin because Quentin in his timeline is evil. So That's also that true. would also probably explain why they haven't really it's, been in the same it's room. It's true, but he, he doesn't bully Quentin the way that Penny 40 did at one point. No, but he's still he's still Penny. You sure. Know, it's like if, if Adrian 
1,567,000, whatever, walked in right now, she'd still be some variation of me. We'd be the same person. Sure. Because we're the same person. Sure. But we have gone through a different life. Exactly, so, yeah. Like, even the scene with Josh from last or last episode with, with Penny and him, it's clear that that Penny is still a Penny because right. the way he treats Josh, the way he kind of was like, if you in any way come after Julia... I will fucking kill you. Right, exactly. So, you know, he's he's still that penny. Yeah. It's still a part of him. So so at the end of, of this kind of arc where where so Marina is is back with her girlfriend yeah. in timeline forty. Yeah. Same um, girl. Are we are we kind of done with Marina? No. No, you don't think so? You know, I think we keep thinking we're done with Marina, and then uh, we, we get a Marina from a different timeline, and sure. then we'll probably get a Marina from, you know, a different universe. Right. We're, we're never going to be done with Marina. Right. I don't mind that. I like Marina. Absolutely. No, That's I love fun. her for sure. But I still thought Katie cursed her, and she, then she didn't. She just got kidnapped. That's right. By that dude. By his, yeah, by Stoppard, so, yeah. yeah. Well, now... Or he, she, they got auctioned. That's what to, it was. Which is super dark. Yeah. Auctioning people? Whoa. I forgot um, about the auction part. Yeah, exactly. Really dark. Um, but yeah, they got kidnapped by that guy who approached her, uh, like, what, episode one or two? Yeah. And then approached him last episode. Right. Mm-hmm. So where, so what's Penny's kind of end game now? Now that he's sort of a scape stopper, now that he kind of doesn't have to worry about him. I don't know. What's his next step? Uh, worship Julia. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah That's exactly. What he does, right? Um, so let's talk about, about, uh, Margot and Josh kind of stuck in Fillory. Yeah. But not only that, but without the aid of talking animals to kind of be the conduit between them and sort yeah. of the Earth Realm, I guess. To know when they need to get back to be able to talk to Penny. Right, mm-hmm. right. So we find out, uh, from Tick, who Tick is still one of my favorite characters yes. in the show. And I love that now that he's back to being sort of like this kind of like sycophantic sort of yeah. like, yes, man. Like, she's... Difficult. I love his <laughs> delivery. Rizwan Wanji, who we have had on the show. Speaking of which, you can yeah. go back, watch that episode. Yeah. Um, uh, premiere, so funny. Season, season two premiere? Yeah, I think on? so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um So we find out that it's, you know, it's the the juice of the beet that mm-hmm. that is grown in in West Loria mm-hmm. that will that will you know be able to 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 fix the animals, make them speak again. Mm-hmm. But it's Captain Pike of uh Codswall that kind of You mean Clitswall? Exactly. You mean Coxwell? All the different, yeah. You mean one of the fingering? <laughs> the fingering islands. islands I was yeah. like, wow, way to make everything sexual, Marco. <laughs> so she's kind of got the she rules over that land mm-hmm. due to an ill fated war between Idri and, and Rue and the sister <laughs> Rue. Um, I love how that happened completely off screen and yep. they're just like, this big thing happened. Saw that happen, man. You were gone for a long time. <laughs> exactly. There are repercussions that's, to your erasing your memory and becoming a different person. That's what happened in the unseen, like, Fen season, like, yeah. in between, you know? Oh, can we get, can we get right? a Fen episode where it's just a flashback to what she went through and she's, like, knife fighting and she's badass? Can we get that? I forgot about her, yeah, affinity for knives now. Mm-hmm. Um, She's a knife maker's daughter. So, yeah, so throughout the episode, we kind of were, were following um, Josh and Tick and, and Fen trying to convince Margot to be diplomatic and yeah. sort of do what Elliot would have done in his absence. What would Elliot do? Right. What did you think? I don't think that's Margot's job. Right. I mean, Margot is Margot, and sure, she has 
empathy, even though she tries to deny it. I mean, mm. there's a reason why she let Josh infect her with the, the wolf curse. Of course. And, you know, and there's a reason why she is still uh, high king, because she was able to get the talking animals on her side sure. for diplomacy. The but, grizzly bear talking about his fee-fees is one of my yeah. favorite lines of the episode. But at the same time, you know, we, she was right to do what she did, because that's not the Margot that you need in that moment. You don't sure. need a, a, a diplomatic Margot. You need someone who realizes that somebody's playing a game with her, mm. and to be like, yes, I will skin and eat all your friendly alpacas. <laughs> right. And I totally get that. There's a time... I think you're right. I think you're right. At first, I thought, I mean... I, I get where everyone's coming from, but I think but I think you're absolutely right. There's a time yeah. for Margot, and there's a time for Elliot, yeah. and in this moment, and it makes sense that it makes sense for her to start off kindly. I always think you should you should start with kindness, uh-huh. and you know, give people a few chances to respond to that kindness. And if they're not going to respond to that kindness, you know, then they have to see the bitch. Right. So. She did have to drink. Some awful, mm-hmm. gross-looking, chunky-ass alpaca milk. Yeah, she was trying to be nice. She was disrespectful. Sure. Clitswell. <laughs> Cockswallow. Of course. Fingering. I just want to say it again. I love it's like, it. you know. You know what you it's know. called at this point. You know what it's called. <laughs> but at the same time, you know. It, you know. If you're faced with a... Oh, God. As a woman, if you're faced with a... What people term a difficult woman... Which is bullshit. Right. Um, sometimes it pays to be a little difficult back because it's respect. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. It's not, you know, because it, it's just, it's just, I'm going to stand my ground, which I think often women don't get to have that type of persona in life or anywhere in television and film. And so to have two women get to face off and be like, well, you know, this is how I roll and this is what I want to do and I'm a person of my word and I'm not going to stand down. You have to top that. If it were two men, it wouldn't be a question. Right. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Now let's talk about the ramifications that all of this has on Margot's relationship with Josh and their kind of dynamic. She said some mean stuff. That was mean. That was pretty brutal. That was mean. Now what, what do you but. think about Josh coming at her from the perspective of like, oh, you out Elliot Elliot. You know, that's kind of what pushes her over the edge. I mean, you gotta, as they say, know your audience. Sure, you read know, the room. That's not gonna. That's not gonna fly with with Margot. And she's already, she already referenced earlier that uh, Elliot's not here anymore. Right. And so that's her saying, "I want to run things the way I want to run them." And he's able to talk her down from that. But you, I think it's best to always approach people from lifting them up and not comparing them to other people. Mm-hmm. But being like. Oh, you know, I'm I'm so happy that you did try it the diplomatic way. But sure. Clearly, your way worked, and so, and he just kind of he kind of messed up in that regard. But at the same time, I mean, I don't really know what's going on with Josh and Margot. I guess they're in a relationship now because because they boned. Right. Well, it's but, it's he's he's got that line. You know, he says here, "I thought I was just a friend that wanted to be your boyfriend." Mm-hmm. So it doesn't sound like they're there just yet. But that's yeah. that's what he's kind of angling for. Yeah. And and it didn't seem like she straight up. You know, she didn't just straight up. You know, ice him out. You know. No, and she tried to apologize. Right. But, but then, you know, but we, those, those fights happen. Now we get so. that line from Josh. He says, "You know what? Believe it or not, Margot, I know exactly who you are." Because he says, you know, he, he, uh, what is it? She says, I didn't mean, and then he finishes the sentence, mm-hmm. didn't mean to hurt me. Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, you did. I know exactly who you are. Yeah. Which, like, that was, like, I I loved that moment, you know? Yeah. That sort of, that exchange between the two. 
Yeah, I think I think it's a little early to their relationship isn't quite as lived in uh-huh. as like a Elliot and Quentin right. or a Katie and Penny. Um, so I, I think they can now, afford what, to give us the audience some time to to fall in love with the relationship. To that point, when you say relationship, do you mean their romantic relationship or just their kind of interpersonal dynamic in general? Everything. I so, see. Sure. Because we don't have. I guess occasionally he was her Uber driver in their alternate alternate life. Oh, when he was Isaac and she was yeah. Janet. Yeah. But at the same time, we don't really see, we haven't really seen them interact that much. You right. know, Josh for a long time was here and there. Or, you know, he's there to, like, bring in a party and then he disappear. Sure. So it might be asking a lot of us to 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 ship or raft, as <laughs> Carrie came up with last season. Our favorite term. Uh, this this relationship. <laughs> so just, you know, give us some time. Right. They're, very, they're moving very quickly. Give us some time. Exactly. Give I can see that. Time. I can see that. Now let's... Let's talk about like some of my favorite parts of this episode with Quentin and Julia and, and the Darth Elliot monster Elliot. and this resurrected mummy. Yes, that mummy did the most beautiful physical <laughs> acting I've seen in a long time when they leave him there. God. And he's just like... <laughs> that moment. What am I gonna do now? When when Julia says goodbye and they just leave him and we get that lingering yeah, shot. I'm just like, well... What is what is it? And also, like, oh my god, who are the museum uh, employees that have to walk in on that the next morning? Poor babies. He's just gonna get hooked in the head again. I feel so bad for that mummy. He's gonna die immediately. I also people don't play. We are terrified of mummies. So I think yeah. To that point, (laughs) that is that was a wild move on their part to just leave this resurrected mummy without. I would have thought they would have at least hooked him again. That's exactly right. You know. Yeah. Um. But then we also get drunk. Elliot monster. Darth he's Elliot. A, yes. Darth Elliot. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, no, he's... This body loves tequila. He calls Julia Julia at one point, which... Oh, I didn't re- catch that. It really got me. When when the mummy is trying to explain his his mm-hmm. sort of writing and Julia can't understand yeah. it, he goes, give her a break, give him a oh, break, Julia. he's talking and yeah. he can't understand him. Yeah, it's... Um, I, I don't... I didn't... At first I was like... Wait, does Elliot, and maybe I'm just daft, but does hmm. Elliot have, like, a serious drinking and drug problem? I guess. Oh, like, I just like, always, like real Elliot? Yeah, mm-hmm. I just assumed he always is, like, a, a party guy, and oh no, yeah, he can he... sober up and be fine and, and run fillery without, you know, No, I, f- I, f- I feel like his, his alcohol problems have been, have been touched on a few times. Well, okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Just being daft and, <laughs> no, and yeah. naive. I mean... Like, well, he just seems like. Well, I think I think he that, didn't drink it for a long time, right? And I think that's part of the, mm-hmm. the part. I, I guess the problem, quote unquote, is that like he can he can do so much of it and still just be able to kind of pass yeah. it off like nothing's yeah, wrong. Yeah, functioning know? alcoholic. Um, there, I think also there might be something because this is kind of new to it happening sure. to Darth Elliot, which makes me think that it may be something that Elliot on the inside is doing that right. is actually. Oh, interesting. Operating this. That he's sort of, oh, I can mm-hmm. see that. I can see that for sure. So basically, yeah, they're the they're hieroglyphics that they found on those stones. Mm-hmm, the yellow fruit. That were, yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. that were taken from the gods that uh, Darth Elliot has killed mm-hmm. at this point. Leads them to this museum. Mm-hmm. Um, they're looking for, uh, for Heka, who has already been killed and mm-hmm. kind of where... 
whatever was in his body remains now. Yeah. So that's what kind of brought them here. And uh, Esna, the temple of Esna. That's, that's right. That's what it was. That's mm-hmm. what it was. Yeah. Um, and so who knows? Yeah. So they're on their quest to kind of rebuild this body and hopefully get Elliot back. Yeah. But I just love, I love that we're getting the juxtaposition of Darth Elliot and kind of the grim, dark nature of that story, mm-hmm. along with a lot of, like, the best comedy that we've seen oh, in the yeah. show. It's a, and they've always done such a good job of balancing that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, so we mentioned Hecka, which I think is a yes. per- perfect segue for Adrian's God I'll of be, the Week. I'll be super quick. Disappointed! Yes! So good. You know... Here we go. So, God of the Week is Heka. He's the Egyptian god of magic and medicine. Heka's actually, they call them the, like, the Ka. The Ka part of the name was uh, Ka Force. Heka itself is also the Egyptian name for magic. And he was essentially, like, the invisible force. Or Ka is, like, basically, like, the vital force. Or, you know, the soul. So, he kind of encompassed everything, which is why he was never had really any type of... Sorry, I really I went in deep with that guy. Uh, never had any type of uh, like temples or, or, or rituals where people would go and worship him. It was, just, it was considered to be worshipped by... or Considered to be everything. Um, where else am I going here? So... A big thing that I found is that there's not a ton of information about Hekka. I had to do a little bit of of deep dive to get to him. But when you deep dive to get to him, what you realize (laughs) is that everything about Hekka was stolen by the Greeks. So, uh, Hekka was given uh, the, oh my, I'm going to say it wrong. Oh, the Caduceus. Caduceus. The Caduceus was passed down to him. Uh, it was originally associated with the Nanazu of Summer, which is a, a separate god. Huh? But then it was given to Heka before traveling to Greece and becoming the Caduceus uh, that we know to be the rod of... I'm going to mess this up, too. Asclepius. Asclepius and the rod of Hermes. Uh, the Caduceus is what we know in medical the medical profession to be like the sign of the medical profession. Like, if you see that, you know a doctor is nearby and you can get help. Which ties back into what the Egyptians believed. Uh, the whole point of Heka was that medicine and magic were not separate, that they were combined, and that you would have to praise Heka in order to perform a procedure as a doctor. And so it's just something to think about, that he's the invisible force behind the visible gods. So, Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. There we go. See, we, we learn. We learn here on After Buzz. Yes. Every week, week in, week out. Uh, before we wrap up, let's get into some very, very quick very predictions. Quick predictions. Predictions, not predictions. <laughs> this is not the road to prediction. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, what are we predicting here? Oh, man, I don't know. So, uh, they're definitely going to do something to Cameron Mannheim. It's going to hurt my feelings. Right. Alice is going to definitely get down with that hedge witch dude because he has swoopy hair. Um, so, where do you think the other, the female hedge witch comes in? She's just there to, to blow up the place. But, okay. you know, it's it's going down. Uh, Penny23 and Julia are definitely going to get it down. I'm just going to talk about people who I think they're going to have sex. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Darth Elliot is at some point definitely going to um, find his body, and I think I just I hope they bring in that whole thing, the whole idea of the invisible force behind the visible gods. That'd be really cool. There you That's go. all I got. Yeah, and like uh, Menon, as as the the craft, the the which is from the craft would call it. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah, but that was like an actual like kind of 
crazy god. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I gotta watch that again. Um, I think that, I think to your point, mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, the, the blowing up of the library branch is going to lead us to a, a much firmer mm-hmm. uh, new world mm-hmm. order than we mm-hmm. were already seeing from mm-hmm. the librarians. So who knows? We'll see that. Um, I think you're right that, that the Elliot inside may be kind of puppeteering Yeah, Darth to get Elliot. him to be more of a drunk, more of a... Because it's kind of... Once that wall once, comes down... Yeah. But also, I think uh, that Darth Elliot might be a titan. So, that's another oh, thing. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. That's a whole new can of worms. Yeah, yeah. Guys, uh, find us on Twitter. Find us on Instagram. Be part of the conversation. Yes. Let's all talk to the, the magicians. Adrian, where can they find you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Miss Adrian Snow. You can also catch me this Tuesday on General Hospital on your local station. There you go. Uh, guys, you can find me on all forms of social media at Ty Matthews PMA. That's Twitter. That's Instagram. Uh, that's PlayStation Network. Come play Overwatch with me. Batiste is is coming soon, so I'll be playing a lot of that. Um, I am on uh, our season finale of the Titan Games after show tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Pacific. Uh, we'll be talking about The Rock. You know, just doing what we do. Uh, but it's the last episode of the season, the Battle of the Titans. So come join us then. Uh, you can find me on Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. If wrestling is your thing, who you know, who knows? Saturdays, uh, 1 a.m., all that sort of stuff. Uh, but we'll be right back here next week talking season four, episode seven. But until then, peace. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.